Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, Jim Nance, thanks for the introduction there. And I've got Kevin Na for you this week, PGA Tour Pro 5, time winner. Of course, he won Sony Open earlier this year, and this is Players' Championship week. And he's a great person to have on. He's had some good finishes at the Players' Championship. Of course, 2012, when Matt Kuchar won, Kevin Na was a big part of that storyline. Remember, he wasn't able to pull the trigger. Uh, there was uh, the yips, and that was a tough time for him. But listen, he is as happy as he's ever been, and we talk about why we get into that. Uh, we get into why things are going so well off the course and on the course, too. Amazing golf tips from him to us, not not just about our game and about how we can practice better short game. This guy's a magician, bunker play with chipping. But because it is TPC Sawgrass Week, and we love that finish, 16 17, the island green, and 18, all that water on the left. I ask him what we can do. How can we play that finish well? And some really fun tips from Kevin now on how to do that. So we'll get into that here in just a minute. Some sentimental memories from him as well. I've grown up in Los Angeles, so Riviera, the connection there, some of the public golf courses. But let's get to Encore Golf. St. Patrick's Day, of course, coming up. And they've got a green clover logo you can get on their Elixir Golf Ball, their Avant 55, their Vero X1. I've been playing the Vero X1 recently. I've gained 15 yards off the tee. Love that golf ball. The Elixir is another good one. Um, at $34.99 is what you would pay for this Green Clover golf ball on the Elixir. My promo code here with Beyond the Clubhouse, B, the letter B, Clubhouse. You're going to get 10% off with that. So take $350 off of $35. Bucks. Uh, 7 to 10 business days shipping and the Elixir golf ball. You're going to love that one. Hot list golf digest gold uh, for a couple years running. 798 reviews, all five stars for the Elixir golf ball. So check it out, EncoreGolf.com. And let's get to it here. Kevin Na on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right. I am pleased to be joined by my next guest, Kevin Na. He's a five-time winner on the PGA Tour. You can follow him on Instagram at KevinNa915. This guy has got all kinds of great stories. We got Players' Championship this week. Of course, the time you spent with Tiger and, and the cool interaction you guys had walking in a putt, all that cool stuff. But anyway, Kevin, how are you doing this morning? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Yeah. Just wanted to check in. So I want to ask you that very first PGA Tour win. I remember that year, 2011, and Nick Watney was right there in the mix. You were in Vegas where you live. Nick Watney was the guy to beat that year. It was Watney and, and Donald down the stretch. Those guys were, mm -hmm. were the most dominant on that year on the PGA Tour. But you came around and you closed the deal on that Sunday in Vegas, how rewarding did that feel for you, Kevin? Well, you know, it's been so long, <laughs> 2011, <laughs> but uh, you never forget your first win on the PGA Tour. Uh, it was very rewarding. I remember it, I was I had the, I was tied for the lead going to Sunday, got off to a good start, and coming down the stretch, you know, it was, I, I made some key putts. And um, you know, when you want when you are trying to win a golf tournament, you have to make putts. And um, I remember on on the last toe, I had. I had a, maybe a four and a half footer for two putt from there to win, and I made it, and it was an amazing feeling. 
Yeah. Well, always special. Yeah, that first one. Well, look at you. I, I look at your attitude. You seem to be such a glass half full kind of guy as you progress now, gotten five wins. Where does that glass half full mentality come from, Kevin? You know, I, I have to admit that I, I was most of the time I, I was a, uh, you know, a glass half full kind of guy. But there were times that I wasn't. Um, there were times that, you know, when, when I kept struggling to, to close a deal or when I, you know, had moments uh, in my career where I was struggling, uh, I, I, I have to admit that I was, I was pretty negative. You know, I wasn't always the optimistic guy. And, um, you know, I think during the course of my career, I, I realized more and more that it's, it's, it's a tough game. It'll beat you up mentally and you just have to stay positive and you just have to wait and work hard and wait for your time. And, and I did that and my time has been, it seems like it's been, it's been my time the last few years. Well, that's what I mean. Four wins in the last four PGA Tour seasons. Pretty unbelievable stretch here, winning in Sony. You mentioned being happier. Kenny, Kenny Arms, your caddy, told me that you're as happy as he's ever seen you. We're talking about 13, 14 years as your caddy. Where, where does that come from, Kevin? Um, you know, it's off the golf course, you know, I've been, it's, it's the family at home You know, I have two beautiful kids that I really enjoy my time with that when I'm home, um, you know, supportive wife. Um, and you know, I, I've been not grinding so much at home too. I think oh, having a family takes me time away from the golf and which is actually at times good because sometimes I, I've been, when I was in my younger days, I've known to practice too much. Definitely. That's not the case right now. <laughs> <laughs> you just you found a better balance with it. It's not uh, killing yourself in practice. Yeah, there's just you know what rest. I've I've learned that, and Kenny's always said this: rest is just as important as practice. Hmm. And when we're talking about rest, like what kinds of things is that? Just like going to the you pool, know, it could, like <laughs> yeah, you know, like in Hawaii. I remember after my third round, I shot sixty-one. I went back to the hotel. Sophia, my daughter, was at the pool with my, with my wife. And she's like, I oh, want you come over. And I was like, you know what? I will come over. And I, I went, went over there, got my swimming trunks on and I went for a little swim for like 20 minutes and hung out with Sophia and teach, uh, taught her how to swim a little bit. Uh, she's getting pretty good at that. And um, you know what? It kept my mind off call. The next day you go out there and only just uh, get your fifth PGA tour win. Like it's nothing, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have to treat it like it's nothing. Um, I think if you overthink it, it's easier said than done. Obviously, we're playing for a lot uh, uh, when, when it comes to a win. You know, every win ch can really help your career and put you at a different level, uh, whether it's, you know, career, world ranking, FedEx Cup point, money. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to play for, and it's very easy to overthink it. And I think sometimes it's just best thing to not think and overthink it and just go out there and do your thing and then have fun. Well, like what you said, there's a lot of things to play for. We'll get to some different dangling carrots kind of uh, that, that may be in your, in your upcoming mirror here. But before that, I want to ask you 61. When you're going low, if you could talk to my golf mm -hmm. weekend warrior audience, when we're trying to go low as you went to 61, what is the right mentality when you're on the course and it's happening? How do you sustain it? Don't screw up. Don't screw up. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you have to when you're playing well, especially when I'm playing well, I have this energy of this, this, I get excited. I, I get this positive energy. All you're thinking is birdie and all you're thinking is good shots. You have no negative thoughts. You're, you have your target. You have your mind set on 
what you want to do and none of the negatives and you're, you're playing aggressive and that's the attitude you need to win. And that's the attitude you need to go low. And some guys, you know, I've seen it where you guys make six or seven birdies and six or seven under, and they start, you know, playing safe. And that wasn't the case for me when I shot 61 on Sunday. Uh, I mean, on Saturday, uh, I was trying to shoot 59. I really was. And on 17, I had a, I had a, you know, I want to say about an eight footer for a birdie. And that would have gave me a chance on night 18 to make Eagle for a 59. And we're Kenny and I were looking at the greens book and it had, it, it had it going right. And all the arrows were going <laughs> just slightly right. We, we played it inside left and it goes a hair left and misses. We're just like, and I was so frustrated on that hole because I just wanted a shot. I mean, how many chances do you get a shot at 59 in your career? Right. I just wanted a shot. And I was a little disappointed that, that I made par there, but uh, that's the mindset you need. It's just, you just looking for birdies and you just, you know, playing aggressive. Yeah. We'll get to more mindset things in a minute, but we did talk about the things you're playing for on the PGA tour, what rewards are out there and think about the potential of a, of a international team about international competition. Ryder cup is coming up this year. Mm -hmm. President's cup after that. I know it was in Korea in 2015. I'm sure you would have loved to have played that one for president's mm -hmm. cup, but what do you make of the Ryder cup and, and, and kind of what you're looking forward to here? Uh, you know, this year Ryder cup, I've been kind of looking at the standings and um, I'm a, for and I played pretty good, but I'm a little behind the points a little bit. Um, but you know, there's still a lot of tournaments, uh, majors coming up that I can make up those points. Um, but yeah, I would love to play a team. I've never played a team, uh, President's Cup or Ryder Cup. And I, somebody said, said to me that um, I'm probably one of the highest career money guy that's ever never played any team. I thought President's Cup in Australia last uh, last year, I thought I had a chance for a captain spick having two wins. Uh, I know the second win didn't count in the points. And if it had it have, I would have been re I would have been right there. And I, it didn't count. So, but it gave me a, in the running for the uh, the captain's pick. And um, I unfortunately didn't get picked. I know I was I had an outside chance in the President's Cup in Korea. And one of the years at the Ryder Cup, I, I can't remember where the Ryder Cup was, but um, the, the you know this PGA Tour has that wraparound season. So beginning of the wraparound yeah. season, the fall when I started second, second, third, and none of my points counted because it wasn't a, in the calendar year. And had those points counted, I would have been right there for the Ryder Cup. And so there has been some um, you know some things that didn't go my way uh, for these for these team events. But look, I mean, at the end of the day, just I don't you know I just got to look at it as I got I got I got to play better. You know, maybe maybe win a major, so you, they have no choice but to pick me. Speaking of winning a major, I got to throw this in. When I talked to Kenny Arms, your caddy, a few days ago, he said that he loves looking at the schedule of majors coming up these next couple of years. Some of these classic yeah. courses, he loves your opportunity for a major here pretty soon, buddy. Yeah, we we actually looked at that, and next year, this year is not looking very good. <laughs> <laughs> Tory Pines, I haven't played there in 10 years. Uh, um, Where's uh, the PGA is at? Um, Kiowa Island in South Kiowa Carolina. Island, Bombers Golf Course. You played it in 2012. You played it in 2012, though. I, I, I um, didn't like it. <laughs> Sorry, I got to be honest. <laughs> hey, I but next you. year, next year, US Opens at Pinehurst. I love Pinehurst. I, had, I actually, when Keimer won that year, during the third round, I got within a, uh, a few shots of him. I was, I think, in third place maybe even second at one point on Saturday. And um, yeah, so there was at Pioneer, so I had, I was, I was right there. So that's great golf course for me. A lot of short game, 
that that uh, is needed around there. And then St. Andrews, uh, I, I love that place. I've had I've played well there both of the times that I've they had the Open Championship there. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, you know, every year at, at Augusta, at, at the certain conditions at Augusta, I can play well there. It's a second shot golf course. Um, I know it's become a, a little bit of a bomber's course. But if in the right conditions, um, you know, it's a second shot golf course and you have to pop well there. And I feel like I got a good chance there too. So, um, you know, next year I think is some of the really good golf course. But this year, even though it's not sometimes you go in with an attitude with, you know, I got nothing to lose and kind of a just go have fun attitude. And sometimes that works too. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned Torrey Pines, and I know it's not a course you go to all the time, like you said, the last 10 years, but you know what? You played your very first PGA Tour event at Torrey Pines. When it was I the did. Buick. 20 years ago. If I would have told Kevin not 20 years ago, you're going to be a five-time winner on the PGA Tour, and you're going to show up to the U.S. Open and play in the 2021 U.S. Open, what would you have said? I would have said, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I forgot about that. That, is, that was actually my first PGA Tour event. I, I remember I played the Monday qualifier when I was 17 years old. I went in the six-man – I shot 66, went in the six-man playoff for one spot, and I came to 30, 30 35-footer downhill, big break and left to right, and I was – my dad was catching. I was screaming. I was high-fiving. Oh, man, I forgot about that. You, you know who was actually in the playoff? Yeah, who, who, who was also in the playoff was uh, Bo Van Pelt. He had a 10-footer for birdie, and after I made it, he missed, and I got in. Oh, my <laughs> and at the time, he's like, he was on the PGA Tour. He's like, who is this punk <laughs> taking my spot? <laughs> yeah, in 2001, what the heck? So here's my question to you. So with the U.S. Open coming to Tory, you have some good vibes there. I know it's a long course. I know that length isn't your strength, but come on, you got some vibes. Yeah, um, it all depends how they set it up. Um, you know, if, if it's firm and you, I can run it down the fairway. And also, depending on how high these roughs are, um, I heard that they're going to be Kakuya, all Kakuya rough uh, and pretty high. And Kakuya rough, you know, if, if it's anything over two and a half, three inches, it's, it's brutal. I mean, it's not like any other roughs. So it'll be interesting how it plays. Um, Rocco Media had a chance, lost in the playoffs to Tiger Woods, and he's not a long hitter. So it can be done if you, if you hit a lot of fairways um, and, you know, the bombers are hitting in the rough. It, it can be done. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're known and you call yourself a relentless grinder when you're out there on the PGA Tour. What can we weekend warriors learn from that kind of mentality to really grind? Um, I think to be a good grinder, you have to have good short game. Um, I think the amateurs don't spend enough time on short game. And when you – Practice chipping, you have to obviously practice the basics and then practice a lot of different shots. And you have to have a lot of shots in the back. And you know what? No matter what you did to get up to the green, you have to have that mentality of it doesn't matter what you did to how to get there. It's you have to focus on what's in front of you and you have to try your best to whatever it takes the least amount of shots. Sometimes it might be, you know, hit it 10 feet away from the hole on the chip shot because that guarantees you a 10 footer for a par versus trying to hit that pull off a miracle shot. So you have to know your level of, of your game. And, um, you know, I, I've kind of always found a way to get in the hole. And, um, you know, that, and the biggest thing for me was, was, was my 60 degree wedge. And I've always been a good chipper with my 60 degree wedge. Um, that's the only, just about the only club I use for chipping. You know, when Kenny and I go to the open championship, we'll, 
we practice not trying to use a six speedy woods because you know there's so much bumps and runs you know there's bumpers you got to hit and we'll play a practice round during the practice round we've had matches where all right you can use any club in the bag but the 60 degree and we'll have a match and it's pretty close with him and i i mean he's got an amazing short game he drives it like a drunk man but his chipping and putting is like a tour player so i've lost it's it's but anytime you put the 60 degree in play and i chip with the 60 i'm gonna beat him no matter what but without the 60 um, it, it, it's neck and neck. And that's how we, we practice different shots when we go to the open championships. And, um, but that 60 degree wedge has been, has been, you know, my career saver for me. Yeah. Well, speaking of the open championship, I remember in 2015 when you and I were talking in the windy, windy conditions and it was ridiculously mm -hmm. windy. I said, what do we do? What, what do us as weekend golfers do in the wind? And you said full swing putter. It yeah. made me laugh out loud. No, seriously. If, if it's that windy, you want to use, uh, the least amount of club lofted club possible to every shot. And if you can putt it off the green, use the putt as much as you can, especially at a Lance golf course. But when it gets that windy, I think, you know, I think when it passes about 25 mile an hour, it becomes a little bit ridiculous. Um, when the greens are slower, not so much, but on the PGA tour, when the greens are rolling 11 and 12, when it gets that windy, putting becomes the most difficult part of the game. You know, I can hit a driver, you know, 30 feet in the air and just hit bullets. Uh, but, you know the putting when you have a when you have a four or five footer and you got to play the wind, it's really difficult. Yeah, it is for sure. Well, hey, as we're kind of talking about practice and, and those kinds of tips, what is your kind of pre-round practice routine? What does that look like typically going into a competitive round? It depends. I mean, morning rounds obviously you don't have much less time. I want to sleep as much as I can, so my routine probably starts anywhere from fifty minutes to an hour. Um, I so if if I'm if I start more than 50 minutes um, in the afternoon around sometimes an hour and 10, I'll start off the putting green. I'll hit some putts. And at, at 50 minutes, I'll start walking over the, uh, the driving range. I'll hit balls. You know, I'll go through, you know, obviously sandwich up. And I, I, I do something a little bit different than other people probably. So it goes um, 54, pitching wedge, 9 iron, 7 iron, and I'll throw the driver in there. I'll hit, I'll hit about five drivers. And then it goes 5 iron, 3 hybrid, 5 with 3, three wood, and then hit driver again. So I, I want to. I kind of put the driver in the middle so I can hit more drivers um, yeah. so I can get more feel of the tee ball. And then, and then after that, I'll go over the chip and green chip for, you know, less than 10 minutes, probably anywhere from five to eight minutes back on the putting green for uh, somewhere around, you know, seven to 10 minutes. And then I'm on the tee five, four to five minutes before my tee time. I want to make sure I get there early enough, get my scorecard. Don't want to be late to that first tee. Yeah. Well, when you said tee ball, you want to make sure you get as many drivers as possible. Is it because it's a volume game? You're going to hit 14 tee shots, basically? <clears throat> no, because I feel like actually that's the weakest part of my game. Um, I feel like my, um, I, I, over the years, I've, I've been way better <clears throat> at putting the ball in play. Um, part of that was um, I found the right driver for me. Um, I, you know, I found that I, I played that old epic Callaway Epic driver for forever. I mean, they don't even make it anymore. <laughs> we ran out of heads. The Callaway basically told me, he says, you're eventually going to run, run out of heads. I mean, I, we scrape every head possible, try to buy them online, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> but I actually put the new, new Epic Speed driver in play last week at Riviera. So I finally played the new product. But for a long time there, I was playing the old product. But the, yeah. Driver is what I struggle the most. Um, I'm not a very long hitter, and I didn't even hit it that straight. But now I'm, I'm a pretty straight hitter, <clears throat> still, you know, a little, bit, a little bit below average length, but way, way better uh, at putting it in play. 
Speaking of old drivers, I got a 975J Tideless. You know those old ones from 01, yes, 2000? Yes. I still have it in the back. It's my three-wood. It's my driver off the deck. It's old yeah. Betsy, man. Reliable. You're a driver off the deck kind of guy. Yes. Where does that mentality come from? You know, when you're not a very long hitter and you have to <laughs> scoot it up these, run it up these par fives, you, you practice hitting drive off the deck. Uh, yeah, I, I've hit a lot of drive off the deck, and I've, I've pulled off a lot of great shots, but um, – I can't help to forget that I, I did lose a tournament in the driver off the deck in a playoff. Safeway. Safeway, yes, in a playoff. But people forget in regulation, the 72nd hole, I hit driver off the deck, got a front right of the green, and I got it up and down for a birdie. And then I hit into literally the same spot in the second playoff hole with Emiliano Grillo. And it was a little dark, and I hit a little fat. <laughs> it had sparks going. <laughs> Uh, so I lost the tournament there. So you know, it's you know, I, I it got me into playoff, but also would have lost the tournament. So it happens. It's a risky for, play. Oh, of course. But you know what? You got to stick to what you know. You got to stick to your guns. Um, for those who would be naysayers to, oh, why would you ever hit driver off the deck? What's your comeback to that? Hey, if you're a PGA Tour player and you're good, you can hit driver off the deck. Okay, you average amateurs at home, you can you can sit on your couch and say whatever you want. Well, what about those amateurs? I mean, should they try at least try it and see what they can get out of it? It's it's honestly it's a really low percentage play for an amateur unless you're, I'd say a five handicap or better. Don't even try it. I even tell um, like my dad's a pretty good golfer. He's uh, I'd say about somewhere around almost a single digit handicap. He was a single digit handicap at one point. I'd say he's somewhere between a 10, 10 and a twelve right now. And I tell him. You know, he, his swing speed has gone down so much. I said, Dad, you don't even need a three-wood. Don't even hit the three-wood. He says, you know, all, all you need is maybe a four-wood or a five-wood, and that should be your lowest lofted ferry-wood. Because for an amateur, I mean, it's, it's, it's about getting a good contact and getting plenty of height on it to fly it. Yeah. Well, and of course, you mentioned your dad. Of course, you grew up uh, watching him, or he was watching golf so much yeah. uh, growing up back in the day. We'll get to a little bit back in the day in a second, but as we finish this practice uh, routine kind of stuff, um, what can we learn in, from you about chipping? I know you you use mm -hmm. one club primarily, but what yeah. should we use one club? Should we mix it up as we get warmed up for a round? Yeah, you can mix it up. I mean, I, I like modern day hybrids off. Uh, you know the the, the the kind of running it up and when you have a kind of a funky lie just when you're like a foot in the rough or a few inches in the rough and you got the funky lie I like the hybrid or five wood um, hmm. you got to practice all kinds of shot and what I want to tell amateurs is obviously you have to have the basic shot with the handle forward you know the left wrist flat and you, you practice hitting your basic shot right but then also mess with your hand position uh, at address you know forward back, you know, 90 degree, you have to have a feel for where your hands are. And I think that develops a little bit of a skill of what, where the loft is. And I, I say this, you know, I'm going to tell you like here, here, and here, and you learn, get the feel of controlling your loft with your hands. And if you do that and you practice it, you, you'll get better at it. I mean, it's probably for the slight uh, above average players, but you have to learn how to control the loft with the chip shots. And that's all it is. 
Mm. Well, you talk about controlling loft with chip shots. You're such a good bunker player, and you've mentioned that you use different clubs out of bunkers depending on how long the shot is. What yeah. can we What can we take away from that? Because we need help with our longer bunker shots. Too. Yeah, yeah. I just hit a bunker shot last week, and um, it was on the par five seven, and I was trying to hit a hit three wood. I had about probably two sixty front, but it was slightly in off the right, and I think my best shot would have been probably to the front edge, just, just short, maybe 10 yards. And anywhere between 15, inside of 15 yards of the green, I was trying to have a chip up. It was where the whole location was. It was right on the crown, very difficult. And I hit, I hit, I put it in the absolutely worst spot. I, I, I blocked it right, a little thin, and it goes right. And I'm in, I'm in the 50-yard bunker, and I'm going, I, I looked at this, Kenny, I said, absolutely the worst spot I can put it. And I get there, over the green's dead. It goes off 30 yards behind the green, and right's dead front there's a bunker and I got this opening on the front left of like of, you know, just front left and I hit a nine iron opened up a nine iron and splashed it out landed it just over the false front and it takes one hop it stops about 20 feet which was an incredible shot where the whole location was and Kenny got so he doesn't get excited very often he actually he said I was so effing beautiful or something like that <laughs> And, and, and he goes, oops, oops, uh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean that to slip. But it was that, that good of a bunker shot. And that's what I, I mean. I'll go up to an eight iron out of a bunker uh, from, I know how far my uh, my wedges go out of a bunker. 60 degree max at 20, 25 yards. Uh, my my 54 degrees is probably 32-ish. It's very hard to get 35 out of it. And then a pitching wedge, nine iron, and so on. I'll have to an eight iron. And, just practice it. And if you open the face and hit it fat and a longer bumper shot, if you use a pitching wedge, it, it's really easy. It, all you just got to hit it fat and hit it hard. It, it, it'll fly and it'll run out. But the only thing is it'll, it'll cut. So the, the, the longer the club, the more left to right spin it'll have. Mm -hmm. uh, I've tried not to put left to right spin with a, with a pitching wedge or nine iron. It's really difficult to do. Just, just play for that little, bit, little cut and, um, and practice that. And it's, it becomes really useful. And you, you've said before, you like to let your, your knees kind of slide through the bunker shot, right? You want to kind of be thinking. Yeah, you know, I, you know, it's always, you know, you want the club face open through, through, through the shot unless you got a, you know, some different, different line you're trying to chop at it. And, yeah, I, I like to keep the knees bent and, and left towards the target. So both knees are kind of bent and left leaning towards the target a little bit. That helps you slide under it uh, better. What about equipment? You mentioned your driver. You don't change equipment too much, but like typically, like how are you with testing equipment when it comes to the range? So when, so I've been a guy that never tinkered with clubs. Um, and it's good in a way, but I probably looking in hindsight, probably I could have found a driver for me, uh, a better driver for me earlier. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of always trying to get the greatest and latest. You have to, find what works great for you. Putty, putter, you can change all you want. I think putter, it's, it's like you could have literally 50 putters and I'm like, you know what, I feel like this. As long as they're all swing weighted really close to what, what your normal swing weight is and the overall weight of the putter is very close, then it, it's all about what looks and what, how, what you feel. And driver, obviously, um, after a certain time, the technology has been really good. I'd say the last four years, three or four years that they're, if your driver's within less than five years old, it's okay. I probably, you know, club manufacturers are going to hate me for saying this, but it's, it's, it's what works for you. And I've never switched 
um, till I really felt like this driver was really good for me. And um, um, I played the old Callaway Epic for a long time, and I played it as long as I could. I went through a few heads because, you know, we keep hitting it in the center over and over, and you know, we hit a lot of balls. And over time, oh, after about a year, it will crack yeah. because these spaces are so thin, and they're, you know, they got that trampoline effect. And um, not that because I hit it hard. It's just we, we hit a lot of balls in the same spot. Amateurs, you, you know, you miss at the sweet spot a lot. You'll be fine. But uh, <laughs> we, we – uh, and – you know, it, I just, it was, it was what I was comfortable with. And I finally found one, this new Epic Speed was finally, I thought a little, I mean, it's, it's very close, but I thought, Kenny, <laughs> Kenny's got the water on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, so I found, I finally found something that's a, just, just a hint better. I mean, it's, it's really close, but it's just a hint better. Um, irons, I've always kind of played and play the same thing. Um, my Daryl survey guys know uh, when they go, you know, they, they check what club and they list all the clubs that I play. If I have something new in play, I go, Ooh, Kevin, <laughs> shocker here. <laughs> Earth shattering. Um, yeah. Um, but putter, I've, uh, I always feel like if there's a honeymoon period with the putter, <laughs> you, know, you got a new putter, you, it, it tends to work. Uh, sometimes when that putter doesn't work, you got to bench it. And uh, I, I, I am no longer playing with the putter that I want. I had set the record, record with, uh, the PGA Tour record with the most uh, feet made in, in a week, uh, 558, 558 feet and 11 inches with this. Um, I had this Madison, Madison Toulon uh, putter, Callaway putter. Yeah. And um, it just stopped working. So <laughs> what do I do? I, I got rid of it. And I got it's, another one. It still has a place in your bed in between you and your wife, though, right? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I, I am not giving it away. I, it's, <laughs> it's in the house. It's in my golf uh, storage room. Uh, it's sitting nice and pretty. Uh, but I got, I, got a, I got a new putter, same, same length, same weight, same specs, but just a different head. I had the, I had the copper brownish looking one was the one I set the record with. This one's silver. Um, you know, hey. You sh I, you know, I gave away a lot of putters, a lot, <laughs> but I still have probably 40, 40 putters, 50 putters at home. And I'm, I'm a pretty good putter. So I like putters. Um, some guys like drivers, they have a ton, but I, I like putters. <laughs> you gotta do what you, what you love. You gotta know what you love. Hey, I said we would get back to some of our older days, sentimental days yeah. in, in SoCal. Um, when, what makes you sentimental? When you get back to some courses in LA, are, are, is there a place that makes you sentimental about those old Diamond Bar High School days? Yeah, um, actually, Riviera. Um, first time I went to Riviera was 1994 or five. I think it was 1995. Yeah, it was 19, I was 11 years old. It hasn't been my birthday yet, so it was 11 years old. I went and watched the first PGA Tour event ever. My father took my brother and I. We went and watched... Uh, we followed a practice round. I watched Corey Pavin play. He ended up winning that year, uh, defending his title that year, and went out to win the U.S. Open that year later that year. I have a picture in somewhere on my social media, too, on my Instagram. It's, it's 95. Corey Pavin's got the stash. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the Cleveland basket, you know, that. And uh, it was just, I had, I had a, about a one-year fat phase. Uh, it was somewhere between 10 and 11. I was a little, little chubby. That was the only fat phase I had uh, in my life. And uh, it was this little, you know, 
you know, chubby kid with glasses on and next to Corey. <laughs> and uh, that was my first PGA tournament I, I ever watched. And I remember following Prakashan, him in bunker shots, and it was his caddy would stand in a spot. Every time he hits it, it was within within arm length of every shot he hit. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. It's so good. And, um, you know, one of the best short games ever in, in, in on, on tour history, right? And uh, I have lots of memories from that. And, you know, every, and it was always my dream to play, play at Riviera. Now the Genesis Open, uh, I was wanting to play the LA Open. And, um, and I played it 18 times. I played the Genesis Open 18 times. This was my 18th time playing it. I've never <laughs> missed the Genesis Open in my career of the PGA Tour. Wow. So Riviera, obviously sentimental for you from back in the day. Um, what a cool thing. Hey, some of us haven't even played in Southern California. I, I'm from Sacramento. Yeah. I've never yeah. even played there. Yeah, but there's a there's a lot of golf courses. I mean, that I grew up on. I mean, I, I mean the list goes on. I was a member. My parents remember a little club called Western Hills Country Club. There was a pl place at La Cunada, Flint Ridge uh, Country Club. I mean, so like the, back in the days, they used to call it Industry Hills. Now it's called Pacific Palms. I mean, uh, there's there's so many golf courses, right? There's um, Los Serranos. I mean, there's uh, I mean the list goes on. I mean, there's there's so many courses that I played junior golf. I mean, even Griffith Park. Uh, it's a public muni, muni yeah. golf course. It's a great golf course, um, 36 holes. We played the LA City. It was a big deal, three-day event. Uh, I won it back-to-back -back years. Um, Tiger Woods' trophy's name's on there. Mark Romero, I believe. John <laughs> Cook. I mean, there's some good names on that trophy. And my name's on that trophy twice. I mean, it, it's things like that you, you remember. Uh, there's so many of them. Yes. Well, here, uh, as we wrap up, I want to talk about some of these events coming up. Players' Championship, what an awesome event this is. You've got quite a history there, being close a few times. Mm. Um, what, when, when you talk to us about the final stretch, you know, us amateur golfers, 16, 17, 18, what is the crucial key to playing that well? 16 you, is, is a must birdie. If you're coming down the stretch, you must birdie that hole. Um, it's... It, you you have to it's a driver that you has to be turned over just a little bit if you hit in the right rough you have to lay up left tree comes in play pretty easily and then the second shot you go from hitting a draw off the tee and you have to hit a cut on the next shot into that into that green and um it's a par five that really can go both ways you can make an eagle but you can also make a bogey so you can really have a big swing uh coming down the stretch when you're in contention the same thing with 17. You can make birdie or you can make double bogey if you hit in the water. And that, that green is, is – it's actually a decent-sized green. But when, the, when it's playing really firm, anything lands in the back portion, it, it kind of goes away and it'll hit and go, to, go over the water. Crosswinds are difficult because sometimes balls just falls out of the air and it plays different. And, but you can make a birdie. You can hit a good shot. I mean, you've seen Ricky Fowler do it. Go eagle birdie. Uh, and it's, it's possible. So you just, it's not over till it's over. And 18th hole, six is in the book real quick for an amateur especially. <laughs> but you can also make, you can, you can be aggressive, take driver down the left and, and make birdie too. So, I mean, there's three holes in a row. You can have a three shot swing really easily. Um, and the player's championship, you just, you're just never out of it. If you're within a few going in the last couple, three holes, you still got a chance. And you, if you got a two or three shot lead, it's still not over. So um, it's an exciting finish. It's a great golf course. I've had, I've had my chances there. Um, I've had a chance where I remember on 17, I had probably finished birdie birdie to 
to probably get a winner in the playoff. And on 17, I had a putt. I thought it was going to go on. I had the putter up from about 30 feet, so 30 feet away. And, and I thought it was in and it leapt out and, uh, and that was it for me. But uh, I had a chance and I had, I had, I had the lead at 54 holes once. So I've had plenty of chances there. It's a good golf course for me. Um, if I'm driving it well, it's a good golf course for me. You have to drive it well because out of the roughs, you cannot control the spin of these Bermuda roughs. Um, some great memories there with Tiger Woods, obviously walking in. And, you know, I, w- I wish the best to Tiger on his, in his recovery and to his family. It, it, it's what he's done for the game of golf. Um, we can't thank him enough, and we hope to see him back. Uh, but that was a, a very cool moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and it, it, it showed – it showed the lighter side of him. Um, people, he's got a great sense of humor. Uh, you know, probably in Tiger in 2000, uh, he, he was so intimidating that nobody could talk to him unless you were, you were Mark Romero or, or, or you know, John Cook, maybe. Yeah, yeah, John Cook and Fred Couples, <laughs> maybe a handful of guys. But, um, you know, he, he's got a great sense of humor. He's, there's some of the things that I've, the jokes that I've had that I can't share. But uh, he's got a great sense. Of, and that was, that was a side that, that nobody's probably seen on, on television. And uh, it was nice to see that side of him on come out. Mm-hmm. But you know what the funny, funny thing is? So we're walking from 17 to 18 green. And, and he, I was just kind of looking, I was kind of talking to him. And he starts laughing, but kind of holding it in. And he, and he goes, he looks at me, he goes, did you see that? He, I go, did you see what? He goes, the guy had a shirt on with my mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I missed it, but I saw it on social media uh, going around somewhere. There's a clip of me walking. I, you can see I'm kind of looking forward. I'm laughing. And then Tiger kind of gives it one of these and looks, and, he, and he's got the, this guy's got his mugshot. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, he's, and he told me what it was. <laughs> Unforgettable <laughs> moment. Yeah. How can you forget something like that? Well, hey, the other big event, of course, coming up real soon is the Masters. And I know the practice facility there is unbelievable. Um, what does it feel like to be there, at, to be able to play at that course, but also that facility? I think, uh, yeah, the, 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 this year's Masters will be my 10th Masters appearance. So I've put a quite a few Masters. But every Masters I play, it's, it's still special. And it's, I still get the goosebump going down Magnolia Land. It's, it's, it's so cool. The place is so cool, and if you haven't been there, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I, believe me, there's plenty of my friends that, that want to come. Uh, this year, they're going to do very limited fans, uh, uh, but it, it's place is so cool. The the history, the the atmosphere, the vibe. I mean, the golf course. It's so cool. I, I mean, I you, if you're a golfer. If you're a golf lover, you have to go. I don't. I, I don't care if you got to stand in front of the, in front of the for the main entrance trying to get a ticket somehow. Whatever it costs, you have to go. Um, people are so well behaved there. The fans they really appreciate golf. Not that there's anything wrong with waste management. You know, it, it, yeah. it's fun, great, but the Masters is is is, is a a whole new tournament it's a different level um the respect that players have for the for the augusta national and for the masters is is, uh is through the roof i mean even players we can't we we don't take our phone out and text on the practice trion if we if we do something like that one of the one of the green jacket guys come out sir uh mr so-and-so could you please put your phone away 
it, we follow rules. Um, there's, you have to be on your best behavior. Yeah. And that facility, I'm sure it's, it's, it's un unbelievable warming up oh, that facility, right? I mean, unbelievable. And last year with the delays, first time I've ever had to start in, in the middle of a golf course. And, um, and I, the golf cart and when we were back, you know, we're getting done with the rounds at late at night and going around outside outskirts of the, of, of the property. I, I couldn't believe it. There, the, the cottages, um, the Bur uh, Brookman's hall, is it what's called? And yeah. the, the, it's a massive property the, just on the outskirts of the golf course, the, what they have, and they use it probably two weeks out of the year, once for the U uh, S woman's, uh, uh, amateur is it and then the, yeah, the master yeah, yeah. that's the only time they use it maybe member guess why well, if they have one it, 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 they barely use it but what it can hold is incredible and that yeah. those are the stuff that you can't see on tv right yeah no, and those bunkers are amazing you're a great bunker player now those bunkers there on this facility have got to be perfect it's bunkers are perfect <laughs> every every bunker is the probably the same same depth of the sand um everything's perfect there's there's nothing that is not perfect <laughs> there isn't um it, it, it's it's a place that you want you want to be every year and hopefully you win it and you get to play and the part three challenge i wouldn't miss it my 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 wife and my daughter is really sad that there was no part three contest last year and probably not going to be a part three there's not going to be a part three contest again this year Gotcha. Oh, like in the invitation, it said that, or yeah, I think there, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I read there was no part three contest. Gotcha. Well, hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a couple things about Korea. Um, nine bridges you get out and play there, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. where is uh, another course you really love to play in in South Korea? Um, I don't What's play a whole one? lot of golf, a whole lot of golf in South Korea. But there's a, uh, I do play the Korean Open. Uh, I didn't play it last year because of COVID, but I play the Korean Open probably six or seven times in my career. Um, and um, I'm, I am planning to play it this year um, as of now. It's uh, the week after the U.S. Open. And there's a golf course called Wujang Hills Country Club. It's a really good golf course. It's a um, – who designed it? I think it was – Kenny will probably know. <laughs> it, 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 was, it wasn't Robert – It was, was it Robert Trent Jones' brother? Um, oh, Reese Jones? Reese Jones maybe? You know what? I don't know. It's a really good golf course. Um, yeah. Um, who designed it? Anyway, it's a really good golf course. Um, greens are fantastic. Um, if it was bent grass fairway, it would be so good, but it's, it's Zosia. <laughs> and the Zosia over in Korea, in Asia, it's a little different than the Zosia over here. They're a little thicker blades, um, so it doesn't have that lush look. But the golf course design, it, it's a great golf course. Uh, they set it up pretty difficult sometimes a little too ridiculous but um i i enjoy playing there i enjoy going there um i really enjoy playing the cj cup uh, that nine bridges is an awesome golf course it's a beautiful golf course mm. uh the setup they had there for us for jeju island uh, was great um uh, unfortunately they're, they're moving it to uh hesley is a, is a different golf course closer to seoul about two hours away i've heard great things i heard it's all bent grass i heard great things about it but i've never played it uh, but I heard it's not the championship golf course like the Nine Bridges in Jeju Island. But still yeah. looking forward to it. Hopefully, um, this, you know, we are able to play it. Mm. 
And then lastly, KJ Choi. I know he's a huge player from Korea, winning the Players' Championship 2011. He's won some big events. I think of other big-time winners and majors from, from Korea. What has that meant to you, somebody like KJ and some of these guys? Oh, KJ's, you know, he's had a good career. But, you know, Y Yang hasn't had, he's got a major. So, so I said boy, about the major. My, my boy, <laughs> my man, Y Yang. He's, he's, I'm a good friend of Y.E. He's a great player. People forget that he's not only won a major, he won another PGA Tour event. And he's got a European, he's got a couple European Tour uh, wins, too. Um, I know he... He lost status a few years ago, now playing on the Japan Tour. Uh, he's going to turn 50 next year, and he wow. played the Sony Open this year. Um, and, he, and he's turning 50 next year in, in January. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. Uh, his game's still pretty good. His length is still pretty good. Um, I love the guy. I think he's going to have a pretty good uh, success on the Champions Tour if he's able to get out there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, you know, I'm an American, but, you know, with, with my Korean heritage, there's, there's been a lot of great Korean – Heritage golfers, uh, guys that are whether they're you're an American citizen or you're, you know, Canadian or New Zealand or whatever it is. If you have Korean heritage, um, we've had. I've posted this on my social media. The, the, the amount of wins that the Korean heritage players had on the PGA Tour is is, is quite high compared to the, all the other countries around the world. A um, couple of players championship. I mean, I've got five. Siwoo's got three. And there's a few at two, um, and the list goes on. Simon Bay's got two, uh, and the list goes on. And there's some young, great kids coming up, like some games, great players. He's got one win, but he's called win more. Um, so golf is in a really good place uh, for in Korea. People, Korean people love golf. Obviously, the LPGA kills it, but I want to say, you know, the, the men's are doing just as good. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing just fine. Yeah, well, I love you guys on social media. You can follow Kevin Na, my guest here on social Instagram, Kevin Na915. Dude, been great hanging out for a bit. I appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks. Enjoy. I enjoyed the talk. Uh, thanks for bringing up a lot of great memories here. He didn't win until 2011. It's a lot of delayed gratification in his career. Remember, he won at the very end of 2011. He beat Nick Watney for his first PGA Tour win in Vegas. So from from on top of that, uh, these last four seasons, yes, they have been good to get to five total wins. But really, it's been a, an uphill battle for Kevin. And, of course, the yips he battled. And uh, this guy has got a great attitude, though. You can hear it. You can hear how appreciative he is about where he's at in his life right now. Of course, Kenny Arms. He, he took the interview uh, in Kenny Arms' uh, kitchen. They were out there um, for Bay Hill. So this was prepping for the Players' Championship. going to be an awesome week. And I, I'm sure you loved his tips uh, for playing those final three holes at TPC Sawgrass. We love that golf course watching over the years. So that's Kevin Na. We're going to have tons of video content, uh, some of the best on Instagram and my Twitter as well, at Johnson Garrett, at Beyond Clubhouse on Twitter, and then at Beyond the Clubhouse Podcast on Instagram, as well as at Garrett Johnson Golf on Instagram. I've also got an idea for you. We've got the Masters coming up. Who would you like to hear on the show? And those handles I just sent out, go ahead and tweet at me or message me on Instagram. Let's talk about that because I've got a couple of really good guests lined up going into Augusta. We've got about a month out, but give me your ideas on who would be a great guest to have on for this upcoming stretch as we get to Augusta. Enjoy the players for now. I love this golf course. I've covered it five times and one of my favorite events. Uh, love the finish. Heck, I love the opening first couple of holes. I love the risk reward of number two, the par five. So hope you enjoyed it and uh, we'll stay tuned here on Beyond the Clubhouse.